This idea authentic. Well, I hear this a lot. It, it's not the real me. It wouldn't be the authentic me. Oftentimes when I hear this from people, what it really is they're saying is it's not what I'm used to doing. It's not my habitual self. I feel uncomfortable doing it. I think you only find authenticity in the pause between stimulus and response. You're listening to the Every Day is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are in everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose, and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you, and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Welcome back to the Everyday is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm really, I'm just honored and excited to have Paul Ross on here today. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Jaden. We were just saying before we went on air how uh, happy we are that we've met each other. We met at uh, an event about six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I instantaneously and immediately knew that you would be an important person in my life. Uh, you are so evolved and such a, a, a heart-centered, not just heart-centered, but you're brilliant. You're intellectually brilliant. Uh, don't let people be fooled by your heart. You're, you're <laughs> an extraordinarily brilliant human being. So I admire your business acumen. I think we're going to grow a lot together. I'm very grateful that uh, my 2023, you scooted in just before the finish line. Right at the end. (laughs) It was a December, or what's the month before December? Um, Last month at a a full moon circle. So Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm very, you said that so eloquently, and I just feel the same. I mean, we connected right away. I remember you said, you're like, I do this, 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 and that. And I was like, I resonate with, you know, like four out of five of the things you just said. And then we kind of got to talking. So Paul is a author. I've read half of your book. I really wanted to finish it before we did our our podcast, but I've read half of your book. It's so amazing. Um, Author, hypnotist, a sales trainer, um, trainer of NLP, a podcaster, and just just an incredible human. And I know that I'm, I'm also, I must say, you don't know this yet about me. I'm going to reveal it here in your podcast. I'm also a living legend. <laughs> now you're very intuitive and you're adult. You've been around, use your adult ability to tell when someone's bullshitting you look at my eyes. I'm a living legend and I'll <laughs> prove it. Can you, do you see that picture over there? Uh huh. Can you recognize that actor? I'm like the worst. I know that face. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise played a character based on a character I created in the movie Magnolia. Really? Yes. Wow. So one of my earlier careers, which I no longer do, was I am the originator. I created the whole meet women pickup community back in the early night in the yeah. early 90s that all started with me. Because I was like a 28-year-old virgin who could not get a date to save my life. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. So I created this entire subculture. There's an entire subculture 
based around this whole work. There are men in this world to this day who send me email with vi uh, video and, and or pictures attached of their children and their wives and their weddings saying, thank you, my children in the world today because of you. Wow. So that's, that's when I get started on this crazy journey. I, yeah. I, it's a crazy life. It's so great because I was going to ask you, like, I loved on this podcast, like, how did you get to where you are now? And I, I just want to say thank you for revealing publicly that I don't know what Tom Cruise looks like. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I remember you telling me that that story. Was it an ad that you made or something that you why don't you can you share more about what that was? Which story? The You said that you um made maybe this is something different that you made an ad yeah that you ran oh yes here's the story here's okay. the story here's the story so i started my whole business multi-million dollar business uh, you can see i didn't keep it but that's another story we'll work on my money ruins and exponential alignment I, okay. by the way i have joined Jaden's program eagerly i I, jo I joined during the call you did i jumped in i was one of two people who jumped in during the call i thought do not hesitate go you need this this is I think this is a tribe that will be deeply healing for me. Hopefully I can contribute. So okay. anyway, the story is uh, I started a multi-million dollar business off of $500. I had been working as a paralegal at the time and just barely feeding myself. And I was like a 28-year-old virgin. I could not meet women or say I, I had all sorts of self-esteem issues. I found NLP, neurolinguistic programming, mm -hmm. used it to heal my own shame. No one fully heals from shame okay. and learned to communicate in a way that was really attractive. So instead of talking all the time, I learned to listen, not fake like I was listening, but actually listen. Is that an I NLP learned, thing? Do they teach you to listen? They teach to, uh, to notice responses and to listen oh. for certain kinds of responses. So most of the time, there's the distinction between a conscious response and when someone is leaning on an emotionally charged word. I'll give you an example. If I said to you, Jaden, tell me something. How did you first recognize that you were really deeply attracted to your partner? And if you said, well, because he's handsome and blah, 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 I know that doesn't give me any, inform any information. But if I heard you say, well, as we were talking, I felt this energy. And then as we continue to do, I felt the connection, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Then I know that those are words that have deep emotional meaning for you. They're yeah. coming deep from another part of your energetic field, deep from a different place in your consciousness. This is so crazy because before we started, we're not going to get anywhere today, by the way. We're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> um, but um, before we started this show, we were talking about how our, our work intersects in all these ways. And it's interesting because I, um, I do that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do that, but I really listen especially when I'm coaching really as and in everyday life, but I listen to the energy and in, in people's responses. And that's a huge part of how I coach and I've never studied NLP. So it's just interesting to see how yes, things. Yeah. And so grow. I teach men to have that kind of emotional awareness. Now a man who can come forward, still be masculine, but have that kind of emotional awareness. Mm. That's really attractive because it's so rare he holds his frame. He, he doesn't let go of his leadership. And also he learns to ask questions in a different way. So I teach my students, shut up, ask good questions. Don't ask, what do you like to do for fun? But instead say, when you want to do something that makes you feel totally alive, 
get your heart beating hard and time flies by, what do you love to do? Yeah. That's a different kind of question. It evokes a response from the, from the body, from the gut, from the heart. Totally. So anyway, I wrote a My book. My answer is snowboarding too. I'm like, yeah, snowboarding. I know, Where that. We <laughs> I know that. I know that. But so anyway, I wrote a book about this. I gave it a very vulgar title because if I wrote maximizing your dating potential through emotional communication skills and authentic built, how many guys would buy it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so can I tell you what I titled it? Sure. <laughs> How to Get the Women You Desire into Bed, A Down and Dirty Guide to Dating and Seduction for the Man Who's Fed Up with Being Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and I bet you sold some copies. <laughs> I sold some copies, but I wasn't selling enough. So I figured I'm down to my last $500. Wow. There is a magazine at the time called Radio TV Interview Report. It was the Bible of every radio, TV, uh, radio and TV talk show in the country, every producer had it. And I had $500, I wrote an ad. The ad said, women hate nice guys, says sex book author. Interview the man who turns wimps and geeks into supercharged macho studs. My phone, Jaden, when that ad ran on a Monday morning, my phone rang off the hook. It rang off the hook for five years, millions of dollars of free publicity. And from there, I just created this character ross jeffries and he took off uh people started to believe in him and i'll tell you something i believe something very profound i believe as i'm sure you do we don't just live in the material world we have a yeah. foot in another world the world of the collective unconscious the spirit call it what you will i believe that this character i created this movement i started came from the collective unconscious cry of pain of all these very deeply lonely good-hearted mm. men and it called somehow i channeled it and it called upon me to create this obnoxious character to be their voice and and to reach them i i believe in these things i believe that we select our missions but our missions select us and it's, it comes down to do we have the courage to open up to it and, and to take on the mission or do we live a small life there's no in between yeah. Wow. That's so, so incredible. And, you know, I was going to ask like, what, what was the, you know, the motivation and the core Tremendous behind pain. doing that? Extraordinary pain, pain that would have killed, killed people. I come from Eastern European, Jewish, Ukrainian stock. We're very, very used to, and Russian, we're used to suffering. We're used to pain. I'm sure you, you're Jewish yourself. You understand the, the Russian story. too is where I, yeah, yeah, there we go the old country, the mother country. Can you digest dairy? Because I can't digest dairy. I'm I can't. I got, I got some really good digestion genes. All right. You got the digestion <laughs> genes. I didn't get them, girl. I'm uh, next. You know, I didn't get them. Tremendous pain. So I grew up in a family that was very devoted, but very, very cold physically and emotionally. Now we were encouraged. We were given great messages intellectually. I was never told I was stupid. In fact, my mother told me, I didn't have you for me. I had you for the world, Paul. Wow. And you will grow up to do something great one day. You will be iconoclast. I said, what's that, mommy? She said, an iconoclast is someone who goes around knocking over other people's sacred ideas 
and making them very angry. I remember jumping up and down and saying, I want to be in a comic class, mommy. How do I do that? So anyway, but it was very cold emotionally and even abusive emotionally. And so there was no safe space for me to go to. There's, I didn't understand what it is to share emotion and to seek a place of comfort from other people. Mm -hmm. I grew up, I'm a, dashingly handsome silver fox all you ladies and uh, Jaden can attest but at the age of 14 I was at my current height six foot two I weighed 120 pounds I looked wow. like a skeleton I had so much body shame Jaden I could not look in the mirror I didn't want to take a shower because it would mean looking at myself naked in the mirror there were a couple of women who I think were attracted to me, but I had so much shame. I didn't want to get naked with someone. It was just yeah. horrible shame. I would go around and compare the size of my arms to the size of everyone near me standing online and think, I'm not even a man. What are you doing? Uh, I'm not even a man. This is the kind of messaging I gave myself. Yeah. Um, and I was numb. My solution to all the pain was to literally go numb. As I look back at it now, I didn't feel anything in my body from the neck up. Wow. I just didn't numb complete numbness uh and so what happened is one day i was walking up bruin walk i went to ucla bruin walk is like the central pathway at ucla Mm -hmm. i remember screaming at the top of my lungs when am i going to solve this and an intuitive voice in my head i always have my intuitive voice up and to my left said when you solve it for yourself you'll solve it for everyone in the world And I remember putting that aside and not listening to it, but it turned out to be true. And I believe I was put on this planet for a reason, Wow! but I also believed that it was detrimental to me because I took on the role of a superhero and a Messiah. The problem with superheroes is they don't get rewarded for their work and Messiahs wind up getting crucified. So I have just recently come down off my cross, permanently hung up my cape and thought, Enough of that grandiose bullshit. That's just keeping you from collecting your the rewards of your own work. And it's dissociating yourself from what you yourself have taught. Stop that. That is a self-imposed prison. Time to walk out of it. And I just recently walked out of it like three months ago. Of that whole line of work? No. Well, I still occasionally <laughs> that line of work, but that way of thinking about it. Oh, thinking gotcha. of myself as a messiah and, uh, and a superhero. Yeah. Even though... So- What's the new way of thought now? My way of thought is that I am a healer and I'm a teacher, Mm -hmm. that I am an innovator that deserves to reap vast rewards for the changes that I've created. Wow. So the the shift is like you getting to benefit from what you've been sharing with the world. And this is partially the message of self-sacrifice that my mother gave. Hey, nothing for yourself everything for other people, you know, the messages that we get. And I don't, my mother was this one of the three best teachers of my life. I I revere and honor my parents to this day. My father's war medals are hanging outside and one day I'll show them to you. He is a hero to me. I keep my parents alive in my heart by living the way they would have want me to live, which is do your best every day. Keep your word, keep your word, do what you say you're going to do, show up with excellence. These are all things that are laughed at nowadays. Interesting. That's amazing. Ah. I mean, it's so important. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm like, I'm sitting, I'm like just listening to you talk. I'm like, this is so amazing. I just feel like I'm I'm hearing and engulfed in everything you're 
just doing such a great job of answering the, the questions that I have for you. So fascinating. So incredible. And I want to hear, you know, I know that you're doing work now. Is most of the work that you do in this realm or what is the work that you're really doing? I'm doing at- work in, I'm doing work in, in a few things. First of all, okay, I'm always growing as a healer. I believe as a healer, my true heart is the heart of a healer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the re- the whole stuff that. about the whole stuff about teaching guys this and that and use this line and that, that that's a distraction in buddhism we call it an upaya you know what upaya means no upaya means expedient means it means when the zen teacher will trick the student by giving them an assignment to do and the student discovers the real lesson in the course of doing the assignment like the student comes to the master and says i want to reach enlightenment how many years will it take and the Zen master says, go rake the garden. And he comes back, says, go rake the garden. And finally, the student learns through being totally mindful and becoming one with the motion that he reaches enlightenment or she reaches enlightenment. Amazing. So all this stuff about meeting women and getting women, it works, but it's trickery. It's designed to send them on a healing journey. And my true heart is the heart of the healer. Wow. So to me, uh, my work is continuing to explore how can I bring healing to men? And eventually my dream is to have a dream team, do something with incredible people like you, like a superhero team. Here comes that metaphor. And just bring all sorts of healing modalities to people. That's one thing. Second, I'm using all my skills and influence and persuasion to work with companies like yours, actually, who sell online coaching. I'm not selling teaching sales I occasionally will teach salespeople how to teach, sell better, but I reach out to companies who do online coaching and say, wait a minute, I'll improve your sales by 50% or more in 90 days and you don't pay me anything. You don't pay me anything. I just take the difference I make in in those 90 days or those four months. Wait, this is amazing. I've gotten messages from people like, so this is a thing. Like you really can do this for people. Tell me well, about that. Well, okay. First and foremost, you know my ability to to use NLP and and sales yeah. and influence. But I'm also a copy, but I'm also a copywriter. I know how to write copy. I've been writing copy for thirty years. So I combine those skills, and that's what I just took on doing. And then occasionally I work with people who are really really high net worth individuals. I just had a guy shell out twenty five k. For 90 days of training, he's 42 years old. You're like, what? For women? Like for meeting women? Yeah. This is amazing. He's 42 years old. I love it. He just got out of the divorce. He was married for 15 years, so he's completely wet behind the ears. So the first session I gave him was hypnosis. I'm a really good hypnotist. I'll do a session with you. You'll see. I'm profound. And then I taught him some profound principles for having what I call stealth confidence, stealth attractiveness. Can I unpack that for a minute? Yeah, yeah, please. So many guys think that being attracted to women means being an alpha, taking up a lot of room, being pushy and shoving and steamrolling over other people, which is so the opposite of what any evolved woman, any evolved woman is going to be disgusted by that and and either compassionately say bye or maybe no, no evolved woman will flip the finger. You don't have the energy. For it. But I said, here's a superpower you can have. I told him a story, a true story. About 20 years ago, I had a student who begged me to take him out 
to meet women and I don't do it. It's just such a pain in the ass to do. And he said, I'll give you $10,000 cash. I said, bring it over to my condo. He brought it over to a condo. It was $10,000 in cash. Between you and me, have you ever taken $10,000 in cash and rubbed it all over your body? Because I have never rubbed. I've, I've never rubbed that. it all over my body, but I did sell, I sold my last car for 10 grand. So I've held, I remember what it, what it felt like to have like that. And well, longer, here's a story before that, uh, back in the mid nineties, I was doing, we used to do seminars. I was coining money, like half a million a year, just doing seminars all over the country. And we would sell hard copy products in the back of the room, CDs and DVDs. I said to my business partner, give me the cash. Yates, give me the cash. I went up in the on the break with it had to be like 20, 25K in cash. I stripped naked and rolled around in the hotel bed with it. <laughs> anyway, this guy, fast forward to this guy. I take him out to a restaurant with a patio, an outdoor patio. Mm-hmm. And he proceeds to strike out so badly. Jaden, have you ever been so embarrassed for someone else's humiliation that you can't take it? You get oh, yeah, completely yeah. all the time. I, Wait, I were you like at a speed dating session? Or no, like, no, 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 happen? no, no. This was just him meeting women, trying out stuff. He got a drink thrown on his face. I couldn't take it. I said, we're out of here. We go to the parking lot. This is 20, 25 years ago, way before the time of Uber. We're waiting for our cabs. I see a very attractive lady 10 feet away. And I said, look, there's an attractive lady waiting for her cab at the end of the evening. Now it went in the wrong year. She started swearing at me. Can I swear on your show? I don't think I should. Me? Yeah. Uh, Can I swear on your show? Yeah, please. As much as she said, you motherfucker, I hope your mother's rotting in hell and shove it up your ass. And my first response was to kind of like chuckle and said like, wow, someone's got a problem. He got very angry. My student got really angry. His Face turned red, the veins bolt popped out, and he went to give her a piece of his mind. I closed, I put my arm out, I said, no. She can do whatever she wants. We decide how we respond. And then I said this, Jaden. I said, look at her. She's someone's sister. She's someone's daughter. She's someone's best friend. And then I paused dramatically, and I said, somewhere, she's deeply loved. And she stopped raging. There was a look of confusion. And then she burst into tears. She ran over to me, threw her arms around me and just sobbed, sobbed unconsolably and said, I've never heard anything so loving in my whole life than what you just said to me. I feel so much love for you now. I I can't explain it. Thank you. Men have been pigs all night. had nothing to do with you. And she offered me her number. I said, hey, you're really lovely. I'm working, but thank you. And and uh, I hope this has been a healing thing for you. Yeah. Now, did you mean that when you said that? Did absolutely. you like see her and you meant every that? And word you were, like, every, every word of it. Wow. And here's what enabled me to do it. Here's what I explained to my student who I coached yesterday, who I, who I told the story to. I said, what enabled me to do that? First of all, I didn't need a guarantee of mm-hmm. what, her response was going to be. I said, when you can walk through the world into the unknown in an interaction with someone and not need a guarantee of a result, that is already putting you ahead of 99% of the people in the world because 99% of the people in the world want a guarantee before they step into anything that's unknown or uncomfortable. So you're a step ahead there. 
Second thing, if you can hold space for the other person to have their first response to you without having to go there for yourself, if you can see where they're at without having to go there for yourself, Give them radical permission to have their first response. By radical, I mean down to the root permission to have their first response to you without accepting that it has to be their final or best response. Then you have a superpower because people are not used to other people receiving them when they're unpleasant and they're not used to being guided to having a better response. I actually did a healing, took that woman through a mini healing because number one, I didn't make it about me. I didn't make it about her. I didn't say she's a bitch. She's got a shield up. I saw her as a person. She's hurting. She's coming from rather than feel her hurt, which would make her feel it at effect. She's coming from anger, which she thinks will make her feel empowered. In reality, she's just at effect of the anger. It's an illusion of choice, you see. So I said, that's a superpower for you. When you can walk through the world with women, not needing a guarantee, holding space for them to have their first response without going into reaction, and then having a way to, to make it so it's not their only response or their best response. You obtain a superpower. Wow. That so is a, That is a superpower. I said, here's the thing. There, you'll have no competition because no guy, guy out there even knows this exists. It's not detectable. No one will be able to see it or compete with it. Yeah. And it's not manipulative in the sense it's not harming anyone. It's enhancing people. Yeah. Wow. He went, wow. I said, see, you thought you had to be super charismatic and and the life of the party. You don't. That's nice if you can be fun. And, and so what I'm doing is taking the intersection of healing and being effective with people, of being intrapersonally aligned and then being interpersonally effective. You have to have both together. Now, yeah. there's, a, there's a concept in NLP called, um, called requisite variety, which simply means the element in the system that has the most flexibility is the one that will exert the most influence or control. So if I have a diff, a broader range of choices and behavior and responses than you do, then I will be the one who will exert the direction and the control. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's you get, get that? that. Yeah. Now brings up a very interesting question, which is the question of authenticity and manipulation. This is something I've been looking forward to diving into with you. I, really I have this question on my right up here. I like put a little but, few notes up that yeah, I might ask. Do it. Ask it. That's what I was going to ask because so much in your brilliant and know so much about the subconscious mind and the way people work and there's that line between at being ethical and being manipulative because you can't when you understand the subconscious mind right you you can take that in a good direction or a bad one so i'd love to hear what you have to say yeah i want to tackle this first thing about authenticity because i think it's very overused Mm -hmm. and it and it, it often annoys me it's like the word uh well it does it's like the word energy I well, like just, that with the word embodied. I'm like, uh, right. Like what the fuck does that mean anyway? Uh, but, yeah. uh, okay. It's a money-making word now. It's You're a like, great money-making word, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. So let's use it. So <laughs> this idea authentic. Well, I hear this a lot. It, it's not the real me. It wouldn't be the authentic me. 
oftentimes when I hear this from people, what it really is they're saying is it's not what I'm used to doing. It's not my habitual self. I feel uncomfortable doing it. I think you only find authenticity in the pause between stimulus and response. You only find authenticity in the pause because if you're stimulated and then you have your response and you say, well, that response is the authentic me. No, it could just be habit and your wounds and your trauma all coming up. Boom. So so don't tell me you're being authentic unless you can learn to pause. It's only in the pause where we find the choice to make a different choice. So I say, when people say, well, that wouldn't be the real me, or you're not being authentic. I say, first of all, thank you very much for reading my mind. If you're so good at reading minds, I'll stake you at a poker. Let's go to Vegas. I'll stake you $10,000 and and I'll hire you a poker coach and I'll take you. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. So I think it's well overdone, very much overdone. And there are times to be inauthentic. Think about this, Jaden. If a cop pulls you over and he's giving you attitude and you want to tell him, fuck you, go fuck yourself, you're not going to say it. That authentic response is going to turn into, yes, officer, I understand, officer. Right. Uh, what have I done, officer? Right? Yeah. Or yeah. I don't consent to searches, officer. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, I'm recalling a specific memory. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or if your grandma, if your bubby knits you a horrible sweater for Hanukkah. And she says, what do you think, Shane and Mabel? What do you think of the sweater? You're not going to say, oh, this rag, I'm going to throw it away and wipe the horse's butts. No, you say, Bubby, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. But there's room in our society to be inauthentic. The name of the game is flexibility, not authenticity or inauthenticity or whatever you want to call it. Can you be flexible in your response? What are the tools in your toolkit that allow you to be flexible in your responses without lying? I don't lie. I never conceal material facts. I don't misrepresent facts. You met me. You instantly knew who I was the moment you saw me. I don't hold anything back. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I told my friend Christine, I said, there's no learning curve with me. You either <laughs> like me right away. You don't. There's no learning curve. There's no requiring things you to do. You don't. So, that's number one about authenticity. The second thing about manipulation. You know, it's interesting when you say, because what I hear is like in the in the world that we live in today, like society, it's like we have to adapt to, you know, do like it like a cop pulls you over. You have to have a certain thing so that you don't get arrested or you have to we have to adapt to society. So almost I'm curious, like what I'm hearing from you is that we can't fully be authentically expressing in the society that we live in today, because it just doesn't always work. Is that Correct. And yeah, in some societies, you'd be punished for it. In Japan, you don't express. Right. You just don't. You don't do it. In yeah. Sweden, they look at you crazy if you express uh, externally to strangers. Strangers, mm-hmm. you just, you don't talk to strangers in Sweden. You just, you just don't do it. <laughs> it's culturally as well. But yeah. I'm now on, on the manipulation. People say you're teaching to manipulate. And I say, if you object to manipulation, let me ask you something. Hold up your hand. In fact, this is video. Hold, is it not? Are we going yeah. on a video? Hold up your hand, Jaden. Now wiggle your thumb. <laughs> now take your thumb and forefinger. What are you doing? Do that. Now hold them like this. Now your thumb and forefinger work in opposition to and in cooperation with each other. Mm-hmm. They're in opposition to and in cooperation with to manipulate the world. 
This is what makes us the dominant species on the planet in addition to our frontal cortex. Mm -hmm. The ability to move the world, to manipulate simply means to move with deliberateness. Mm -hmm. And I believe that for me to help people grow, I have to be able to utilize the responses and move them in better directions. If I tell them that I'm going to do it, they could be resistant to it. Just because I'm not telling them exactly what I'm doing doesn't mean that what I'm doing is damaging to them. If I told that woman who is screaming at me in a moment, I'm going to do a pattern interrupt. that's going to create a confusion that will create a space in your consciousness to have a better set of responses and to feel loved and healed from this experience on the count of three, one, two, three, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So manipulation is a good thing. In fact, if you're in sales, you have to manipulate your your clientele in the following. So this is so. What do you have to say about? So this is interesting because I, someone like you or someone who I know is, has like the good intention or the healing or or whatever it is, and you have the intention behind it. But somebody very well could be, you know, using sales or manipulation in not a good way. Yes. Here's here's the fail safe. There's two answers to that. First of all, there's a fail safe. The fail-safe is that to get really good at this, really good at this, you have to develop an emotional range. You have to be able to develop really good emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. to read responses. And someone who's a narcissist or a sociopath, by definition, has no emotional intelligence. They're emotionally flat. They can't do it. That's number one. But but number two, I, I think... Anything that's powerful can be abused. Anything that's powerful can be abused. A knife, a sharp blade can be used to save a life or it can be used to take a life. Yeah. I'm sure there are people who have abused my work, but you can't pull the teeth and claws out of something and expect it to, to be anything of, of use or value. That's power. That's I get that. that we live in a world where where that's how things work. Yeah. So Here's the thing, relating back to sales, why you must manipulate your clients, why you must manipulate your prospects. I'm serious. You guys are listening. I'm not manipulating. (laughs) Well, here's what I mean. Yeah. You face two problems if you're in the world of entrepreneurship, sales, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Number one problem is this thing. In case people are just listening and not while I'm holding up my smart device, my iPhone. This thing is now your number one competition because people can't focus anymore. How many times have you scrolled through your phone? It's destroyed. Ah, Listen, I'm a little bit older than you. I remember when YouTube ads, I'm not joking, Jaden, were 90 seconds long. Yeah. Can you imagine a 90 second YouTube ad now where you couldn't click off? I know. So people's attention spans, people are overstimulated. They're numbed out and they're dumbed down. God, so it's so you, bad. It's so true. But it's, true. it's, so, but it's so true. So how do you create a state of focus? I'll give you a metaphor. I have a sheet of gold foil. I have a sheet of cardboard. I want to conduct an electric current. Which one of those is going to conduct the electric current? The gold foil or the cardboard? It's not a trick question. The Oh, my God. I've like, But I've missed all the questions you've asked. The, the foil? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, okay. So consider your message that you want to get across to your prospect or your audience to be the current and their state of consciousness to be the conductive medium. The cardboard is a state of distraction, 
of being unable to focus, of having a million things on their mind, of being burned out. The gold foil is a state of absolute focus, of willing to believe you, of wanting to believe you. So all of your words get passed through there. So for example, here's how I would do it. If I were doing a video sales letter, mm-hmm. I would say something uh, before we begin this journey together, exploring the world of blah, blah, blah. I just want to say, I don't know all the places you might stop and feel a growing fascination about what it is you're learning. But as that's taking place, I'm so glad to be your guide today. So let's continue. Now, what am I doing? I'm installing a state of growing focus. So the more I talk, the more they focus in. I don't tell them why they're going to focus or what's going to cause them to focus or what they're going to be focusing on. It's so vague. It requires their subconscious mind to fill in the blanks. And Mm -hmm. it creates a trance state right at the very beginning. Wow. So they're going to follow along in a state of heightened focus. The second challenge you have is your prospects. Jaden, you're a very experienced entrepreneur and marketer. You understand no like and trust. Everyone talks about no like and trust, correct? Right, totally. Not enough. (laughs) It's not enough. Nowadays, your prospects need to trust that they can make a good decision. Yeah. They don't. They don't trust because they're overstimulated. They have too many choices. They've been burned too many times. Mm -hmm. And- your prospects don't trust themselves. So you also have to learn very rapidly to create in them the state that they can trust themselves. Yeah. Now you can do risk reversal and all these other tricks, but still, they still have to learn. You can install hypnotically. This is manipulation, but you can install hypnotically. <laughs> but here's the thing. Is that a I'm bad hearing thing? that it's manipulation as an act of service. That's what it I'm is an act of you. service. You're There's like, nothing... you're welcome. Well, I manipulate you into focus and believing in yourself. That's right. There's I nothing that. wrong. See, to me, you can define manipulation as sneaking your ideas into the prospect's mind, or you can define it as expanding their mind to include new ideas. Yeah. The idea that persuasion is about expanding states of consciousness. I'm the only person who's ever talked about it this way. But it's a whacked out, crazy, tune in, turn on, drop out, Timothy Leary kind of, kind of way of thinking. But my mother said I'd be in a class, so that's how I figured it out. So there's nothing wrong with being crafty and manipulative in the service of a decision that enhances your prospect's life. Can you say that again? That was I really There's nothing that. wrong with being crafty and even manipulative in the service of a decision that enhances your prospect's life. And there's one more thing, Jaden, mm-hmm. that I think even you with all your genius may not have t- tapped into. Don't assume that your prospect on a deep unconscious level believes they deserve the change that you're, mm-hmm. you're going to lead them towards. Even if they believe you and even if they trust you and trust themselves to get there on a deep level, they may not believe they deserve it. And it's that very healing that you would bring to them in the program that they need in order to believe they deserve to have the program and heal themselves. So there are ways to create those suggestions, too, that they deserve it. Yeah, this is so good. And I so... 
it's interesting, right? And I, I think we have words that we we think are bad, like manipulation. You think manipulation, and at least for me, I think like, oh, that's a, a negative type of a word. But I, I so agree with what you're saying. And, you know, of course, you've been in my work or you were in my last workshop where I use some of these like tools where it's almost as you're talking, I'm like it's no different than a really good hook when you're doing a public speaking event, right? It's like you do a good hook so that people listen. And, and a lot of it is, you know, helping people believe in themselves. And if you really have something incredible, it's your job to really show them that they can trust themselves and that they can make these moves. And I was just talking to a friend earlier this morning, we met for coffee and she was asking me, at what point did I feel confident to essentially do that? Like, you know, people talk about handling objections or this or that or the other. She's like, at what point did you really feel confident, you know, in your leadership or whatever? And I I said, you know, at the point where I actually knew that whatever I'm doing, my coaching or my service can actually help someone get out of pain. And when I knew that 100%, it became really easy to use the tactics or to be in your leadership because I could look at someone a hundred percent and go, you have a problem or there's something that you want. And I'm a hundred percent sure I can help you. Yes. So then it becomes an integrity to stand for it and to use all the tools and to show yeah. up. And right. That's, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Yes. So you can yeah. be crafty and manipulative and a little uh, practice what I call trickeration and finagulatio. So <laughs> I like to provoke. That's me being yeah. the iconoclast to have uh Really amazing outcomes for people. I think people are so limited in what they want because what they want, and this is something I think informed your work too. And I really appreciate it. I already see your brilliance and the masterpiece that you are. I really do, even though we've barely spoken. Yeah. Uh, I think what people want can be murked up and muddied up and misaligned by their trauma. Oh, their yeah. trauma, they're looking at what they want through their trauma wounds. And mm-hmm. that needs to be healed before they can really set an attention and go, oh, wait a minute. What was I doing looking down at the mud? There's a whole one. The metaphor you're going, uh, this is striking home for you. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. The metaphor I use is our clients come to us and they're they're at this beautiful vacation spot in like Bali. They've got this huge wall-to-wall window, mm-hmm. right? That looks out on the crystal clear water of the Bali Bay. And instead of being out on the balcony or looking out through that window, they're turned and they're at the door and they're looking at that little fish-eyed people out into the hallway to see who's coming to get them, yeah. right? And so they're saying, can you help me polish that people so I can get a better view of who's coming to get me because I suffer or can you help me be stronger on my feet so I can look longer and we're going no 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 turn around dumb shit look out there yeah I I say that all the time in my work I'm like go bigger that's it it's just like think beyond take a step back it's like we I find myself doing that all the time too. I think it's a human survival safety. It's something, you know, I, I always talk to my energy doctor and he says it to me all the time. He's like, go bigger. I just pay him to tell me to, to go bigger and to zoom out. I mean, yeah. 
Well, our brains are it's funny. I have a dear friend, Chase Hughes, who's a neuroscientist and he's a master of, he used to work for intelligence agencies, training interrogation techniques and deception techniques detection. He actually told me that my work has saved thousands of American lives. He didn't go into detail except to say that he's taken my work and used it in his work training people in intelligence agencies, apparently for interrogation and influence. So that's Send me a check, Uncle Sam, fucker. <laughs> or you guys at the CIA here using my stuff. Show me where the aliens are, because yeah. I know the aliens are here. You know, I want to say one thing, too. I, I thought about it earlier, and it just came back in. Is It's interesting when we talk about or like manipulation and sales. And I know so many people, the entrepreneurs who I work with who are, are doing selling, are really worried about, you know, doing anything, whether they're like, you know, using a tactic that's not really good or even sharing something like sharing your work that could potentially be used in a, a bad way. And a practice that I really like to use is just looking at the world through rose colored glasses and like assuming the best in people. And it's funny because I just noticed as we're having this conversation about manipulation, my mind's automatically like, is it a bad thing? Well, what if someone else uses it for a bad thing? And it's like, well, what if we just trusted talking to myself here that, you know, that that's going to go out in the world and people are going to use it for good. And I, I think we're oftentimes our first response is to look at what if it's not good, right? What if it's a bad idea? This, so. this is something I wanted to, again, drive me back to my point about Chase. Chase taught yeah. me something. He said, our brains are not evolved to keep us happy. They're evolved to keep us safe. Yeah. Your brain is hardwired to keep you safe, not to keep you happy. You have to train it to be happy. There's a book called Hardwiring Happiness. Have you read of this book? Yeah, I have. I haven't read it. I love it. It's a wonderful book. I would love to get that guy on my show. I can't get a hold of him, but yeah. it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book recommended through someone who I did therapy with. So this whole idea of playing small, and coming from fear, that's how we're hardwired. So it does take someone to to lift us up and to take a stand for us and 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 guide us and show us tools that we're just missing. I listen, I believe that we are all born with the capacity to be giants and geniuses. I really do. I genuinely believe it. And I can prove it mathematically, I can prove it. Mm-hmm. Think about this. I learned this from my meditation teacher, Shinzen, the number zero. He's a math geek. Zero is an amazing discovery. It's an invention. It's as important an invention as the wheel. The wheel, the stir. You ride horses, correct? No, but I I have them on our property. You have them on the property. Okay. All right. So big. Skateboard. (laughs) Big e-skateboard. Big innovation, the wheel, right? But so Mm -hmm. is the number zero. Someone had to think up the number zero. The Romans didn't have it. What does the number zero allow you to do? It allows you to do banking. It allows you to have negative numbers and to mm-hmm. keep track of who owes you what. Someone had to think that up. It was thought up in the Indus Valley or the Chinese. There's a dispute over who did it. But once that person thought it up, it spread like wildfire. And then banking and debt spread throughout the whole world. There was no debt until then because wow. people just couldn't keep track. Yeah. <laughs> so think about that. But here's the thing, the neuro nets, the neuro pathways for that number zero existed for tens of thousands of years until someone finally had the thought. Yeah. Here's my point. Any thought you need, 
any practices you need, all the neural pathways are already there in your brain. We have billions of neurons in the brain and the number of possible mathematical combinations is so great. I, I It's incomprehensible, the number of... And so I'm, I say to my students who tell me I have a block, I tell them, unless you can tell me you've tried every possible pathway, you don't have a block, you have a rut. You just have a rut you've been running down this over and over and over again let's light up those pathways so chase is a very interesting guy because he talks about the actual neuroscience of what it takes to light up those pathways Mm -hmm. the different parts of the brains that brain that activate that go to sleep very very interesting cat uh Mm -hmm. i i collect some interesting characters in my team of superheroes (laughs) yeah so i mean it's so good I, i love the way that you said that too it's like yeah, light, lighting. I have to read that book, lighting up the pathways and, and trying all the different pieces and parts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This conversation, my brain is like lighting up on all cylinders. You have more questions written down there? Because I know you did. Ask ask another one. Oh, and my questions. It's so funny as you were going, you're like answering all my questions. The one I wanted to ask you, um, which I I feel like we sort of covered, but you talked about, you know selling as a healing practice yes and that was one that i just really wanted to ask you really what you meant by that or how someone can here's what i mean how how can someone embody that i'm just kidding well here's what here's what i mean by this when you take someone who's in a state of confusion about what they want or what they believe they deserve and you show them something that they didn't realize that they could have for themselves, you expand their sense of possibility of what's... So people have beliefs on the following categories. Capability, what they're capable of. Possibility, what's possible for them and in the world. Identity, who they are, and deservingness, what they deserve. Mm. When you can expand all of those things, and they finally actually believe, Mm. yes, I really can't have this for myself. I'm not broken. Or wait, I do deserve this. Having this will expand what I can do for so many other people. Wow, that's a healing act. I'm not talking about selling a candy bar. Yeah, yeah. But but let's say some you're selling a house, mm-hmm. and on one level the person thinks, yeah, uh, I really do want this, but I can't afford it, or I don't deserve it, or they have some unconscious messages around money, like mm-hmm. if I do this, I'm betraying my mom who is poorer than I am and the rest of that shit. When you can get people past that, that's a profound healing. And here's the thing. There's in NLP, we have incremental and generative change. Incremental changes. You come to me, you say, I have a fear of snakes, Paul. Can you heal the phobia? Sure. I can do that. 30 minutes less, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm slow. Yeah. But big deal. A generative change means it generalizes out across broad context in your life so when you do that kind of change change people's sense of deservingness it doesn't just stick with what they can have financially generates into relationships and health and everything else it's not always but it can be a profoundly healing and even a heroic act so for those of you in Jaden's audience who are shying away from selling as being icky or slimy try it on if you say i am a sales hero I'm a sales healer. How can you feel a fear of being rejected or a fear of being told no? If you view genuinely view yourself as a hero yeah. and and a healer, you yeah. can't. Yeah. 
You can't. The worst that can happen is you can feel sadness for the person who doesn't take you up on up on the opportunity, and then you bless them. Yeah. And randomly, I want to throw this in. I don't know why I feel moved to throw this in, but there's one thing. You talk about a gratitude practice. Mm-hmm. I've been doing your gratitude practice. I join your challenge every day. It's I forget what day it is, maybe day 15. I've been doing it. Uh-huh. I want to offer you a learning, offer you a teaching that you can share with your tribe. The completion of gratitude is happiness for the success of other people. Is blessing the happiness mm. of other people is the completion of gratitude for your for what you yourself have. I love that. That's beautiful. Because so good. That's what I do. Mm. And when someone frustrates me or annoys me, I bless them. I get mad and I say, thank you. Bless you for showing up as my teacher and my guide. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, ext- I extract any and all useful learnings from our interaction. I release you now and bless you with love. Yeah. This has taken the cynicism out of me. It's taken the any residual meanness out of me. And, you know, when you can bless the people, I'm not talking about just bless those who yeah. right. pray for your enemies. But right. Yeah, that's so good. It's interesting. We do. You'll get this one in EA. I do a forgiveness a lot. It's like five things you forgive yourself for, five things you forgive other people for. It's just like a little practice. And it's like that step further of forgiven or maybe not forgive, but actually blessing that person. So I love that. And I I also, what I'm really getting from the last thing that you said is that, you know, about sales being healing is that if you have something incredible to share, like it is your moral obligation. It's what you get to do for the world is to learn how to really present it and share it and do it in a way that, that people can like break through their beliefs and actually do incredible things in life. So Thank you. This conversation has been so incredible. I I feel like we just all received like more knowledge and wisdom than we even thought was possible. I think like from, you know, all the episodes combined, like in here. So thank you so much for sharing all that. And I'd love for, I am 100% sure that people listening are like, who are you and how can I learn more about you? And (laughs) what's very easy to do. Well, okay. Two things. If you'd like to get my rapid sales accelerator, I can't guarantee it, but many people say it's totally free. They've increased their sales by 30% in 90 days. Go to paulrossbook.com, paulrossbook.com. That's the best way to reach out to me. Stay in connection with me, paulrossbook.com. I don't know if the EA is open for enrollment, but if it's still open for enrollment, <laughs> you'll see me in there because I am... I have put myself at the feet of Jaden as her humble student and I'm there to learn. So <laughs> honored. Well, so you're going to have to step on me and tell me to shut up. <laughs> and when you get complaints about me, bring them to me first before you kick me out. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pre-plan our meetings. Like I think we'll maybe like three strikes or something. Okay. Like that. We'll just uh, do it. Do it. And I'm looking forward. I have my one-on-one with you in person. So I'm looking forward yeah. to doing that. And hopefully I'll get to meet your lovely, lucky partner. I know his name, by the way. Yeah. His name His name is LB, Lucky Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I said him. so. Tell yeah. him I said so. I will. He okay. listens to the podcast. But thank you so much. And guys, if you're you know listening, I just hope that you got so much out of this. And I I know that I did. And it's just such a total reframe on you know how you can show up in the world and do incredible work and in integrity and in a way that's healing. So thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. And I look forward to 
all the conversations in the future. Thank you. And I'll bring some sugar cubes and some apples for the horses. Yes, please do. <laughs> is, is that a myth? Do they eat sugar cubes? Yeah, they love sweets. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye, Katie. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe. And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.